Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We have a great one for you, but before we get into this episode, we want to ask if you can please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. Yes, and while you're at it, how about a five-star rating and review too? These actions will help us to broaden our TFNL audience as we share each of these amazing stories with all of you. And also, please spread the word and share this podcast with your family and friends. Do you know of a coach or a coaching couple that would be great for our podcast? Or would you like to get in touch with us? Please send us an email at thefridaynightlife at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the FNL Podcast and on Instagram and Facebook at the Friday Night Life. Welcome to the Friday Night Life Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Corrine Stevens. And we're a seasoned veteran coaching couple. Join us as we look into the lives of other coaches, their wives, and their families. We'll share about the wins, the losses, and the journey along the way. Here at TFNL, we hope to inspire and encourage each of you in faith, family, and football. Greetings, Friday Night Lifers. Good to be back with you. It's been a minute since I have been on a podcast. You've been blessed to hear Corrine and her guests uh, for the last couple. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm glad to be back. It's good to be back with you doing this episode uh, with a very special guest. Um, This one is uh, pretty cool for both of us. Um, yeah, it was great to have them on. Yeah, Jamie and Solmas Chadwell. Jamie mm-hmm. is the newly hired, as of this year, uh, head football coach at Liberty University out yes. in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so it's a blessing. It's an honor for us because mm-hmm. we're we're now we get to interview. Our, it was our first Division One head football coach, which is that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, for you, mm-hmm. uh, but Solmas has an amazing testimony. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you did a separate episode with her, correct? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. It will probably air it in two weeks after this episode. So they allude to kind of her testimony, like her journey to America yeah. and that yes. whole thing. So and that, that needed to be its own deal because that did. was a really cool story. Like God's hand over all of it. Over mm-hmm. their lives, over her life yeah. as a child, um, growing up and coming from the Middle East, and then how mm-hmm. her and Jamie got together. Obviously, that's always a special story when we talk. Yeah, we. About- I love hearing about couples and how they get together, and because as a coach's wife, you always want to know what the their background is. Are they? Are they? Were they into football before they got married? And a lot of the coaches' wives were not. Yep. They didn't even watch football. Right. And so it's just so fun to see how people transition. Full immersion. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you love someone, you are part of their team. And it's, you know, whatever. Just, you know. Home you team, come, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Sorry, and, I lost and, my train of thought. Yeah, no, it's that's <laughs> what we say, right? It's a home, yeah. it's our home team. Our home team, yeah. So very, very cool interview. Blessed and honored to uh, just grab some time from you know a Division One head football coach. That's yeah, that's and they were so great and down gracious. to earth and yep. and um, willing to share. And that, and Jamie shares his heart too, uh, which is so sweet about Somas and just the journey that they've had. And he he got a little emotional, which was. It's was good. just kind of sweet to see how they interact and yeah, it shows and they their were actually yeah and it. it's so funny is that I don't know you guys won't be able to really tell but um, unless we post this on YouTube which hopefully we will eventually but Solmaz is was still in North Carolina and uh, Jamie is was at the time in Virginia so we had a three like a three-way zoom going <laughs> we did so she um, was back home holding yeah, it down he was in his new office at liberty a rock and star. yeah these rock star women and, and we've had episodes <sighs> like that all across our right. podcast where yeah. guys have gone on to their new their new digs their new coaching and the moms the wives the women have been behind you know packing the house selling the house and getting the family to their new destination and solmas is another example mm-hmm. of that so uh just 
big tribute to all those women out there who do that, not just support their husbands, whether you're a high school head football coach or a college head football coach or a professional or right on down into youth league head football coach. There's a lot of time and the, the wives and spouses um, of those head coaches need to be honored and recognized. And mm-hmm. we get to do that. So yeah. we're going to get yep. right to this episode. Yep. Hope you enjoy it. Yes. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. God bless. All right. Get you going there. So, Coach, are you uh, are you right now? Are you in your office? Is this the new digs? This is my new digs. Awesome, man. No, it looks, this is it looks my new digs. looking good. <laughs> You're looking good. Well, we again, we're just so we're privileged and honored to have you guys. Thank you so much, Coach. I know you're right in the throes of it um, and getting ready to go. So, we want to be very respectful of your time and um, just want to thank you again for for coming on. So. Um, yeah. We, yeah, we just, we want to get to know you guys. This is more of a, uh, uh, just kind of a, a talk and a chat. It's real low key. Uh, we just want to get to know you guys as a family, uh, get to know your faith and, and your faith journeys, kids, you know, all of it, kind of the faith family football, you know, mantra that, that we all live by. Um, and so that's kind of what the questions were based on and talking points. We'll just go everywhere, everywhere around that, right? Mm-hmm. Our, Faith in, in Jesus Christ, our family, kids, how are they doing? Uh, especially with this new adjustment and this new uh, this new era that they're starting in. Um, and then, Coach, obviously your football journey uh, and just how you got to Liberty, and we'll just kind of go through all that. Sounds great. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, the first thing we do, first thing we like to do is we always ask the couple how you guys met and how you guys got together and how did – the Chadwell family come into existence. Would you like to hear his version or my version? <laughs> the truth? We, <laughs> <laughs> we always love to hear the wives' perspective. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Coach. <laughs> so, go, ahead, go ahead and tell them your story, then I'll tell them what actually really happened. And we'll, okay, so we'll start with the truth first. <laughs> so... He was actually coaching at East Tennessee State University, and I was an athletic trainer there working with the football team. Um, I was out there, like it was preseason, they were doing runs, and you know, they used to, I don't know if they still do or not, but they would do pre weight, um, come by and take everybody's weights on the scale. And that was my job that day. And he would come by gradually, just kind of talking to me, you know, trying to make conversation. I really didn't pay him much mind. I was there to do my job or whatever. <laughs> and um, he was actually, one day they were running sprints outside and he decided that he was going to run with the football team. And as he was running, he supposedly pulled a hamstring. Uh-oh. And of course, being an athletic trainer, I was the one, one of the ones working in there. And so he's like, Athletic trainers, I'm going to be there tomorrow morning, so I'm going to need some treatment. And so it just kind of went from there. And that we just kind of started our conversation and getting to know each other. That's awesome. So the the truth behind it was she strategically placed herself in positions where I was going to be. There you go. That's um, that's it. What she left out of that is when I supposedly pulled my hamstring or whatever, she didn't have to show up the next morning. Guess who showed up the next morning to treat? It was her, <laughs> right? So for all these things, I find out, you know, find out that she really wasn't supposed to be something this way, but she ends up turning up. So she, oh, really, that's awesome. I tell her this every time that she questions our marriage. Hey, you're the one that chased me. So, oh my God. so I, I envision, a, I, I envision a line of athletes, coach. And each trainer is calling next one up, and then and then you know there's five trainers ready. You're not. You're waiting for her, and then her line opens up, and you run right in there. Is that kind of Salma's? I mean, okay. That's exactly uh. how it happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's great. But what, well, honestly, what was crazy about it too, though, is and she'll tell you this is my uh, one of her jobs was handing out post game meals okay. after the games. Yes. You know, you get, you know, college, you get a game, you hand out Chick-fil-A or whatever's one of her jobs. And my mom had said, hey, that, that lady would be great for your brother. You know, and so, but we ended up together. So. Yeah. It all worked out how it was supposed to. Perfect. Uh, that's great. That is a great story. That's great. So the courtship goes on. Um, and then as, as you guys kind of get to know each other and 
obviously, Salmas, you're you're already in the athletic world. I mean, you know all about football. You know all about sports and things that you've dealt with, coaches and players and, and all that good stuff. Uh, what was it about uh, you guys, though, that made it special It made it different? I guess at what point, while you guys were, were dating, you said, yeah, okay, this might be the right one right here. Well, obviously, it was his stunning good luck. But, <laughs> no, that's what did it. But, no, I think it was um, – well, I know that it was based mostly on um, his faith. So we had both started going. He had invited me to come to FCA with him. And seeing the man of God that he was – and, you know, and I'm a type A personality. I have a timeline for things. You know, this is how I want – everything to go and by this age I want to be doing this and that um I had this timeline but obviously God has a different timeline for us but with Jamie it was he was such he and he is he's such a man of faith and that was so important to me because I knew that would be that would be the most important thing in a marriage and becoming a father you know leading our family that's what that's what did it to me, did it for me. And he was actually from, um, his aunt lived in that same small town that I was from. And so we had a lot of uh, common friends and people, acquaintances that we had known as well. So oh, that's wonderful. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coach, what about you? When was it where kind of the light bulb went on and you knew this was a, the woman that God had set aside for you? You know, mine was a was a little later on, not necessarily not during that time frame that we were getting closer, and, and the FCA was big because we were we weren't really dating. I mean, we were getting to know each other, but you know, seeing her and her side of the story, and or not side of the story, but just who she was trying to be and who I was trying to be, and then me figuring out this football thing. Well, how she stated that she had a timeline, I didn't have a timeline, <laughs> and. Um, I left East Tennessee State in 2003, and I, I'll be honest, I was like, yeah, this is, big. This is it, we're moving on. Uh, you know, and she, no, I'm getting a job down sort of close to where you're at, you know, and and, and I think during that time frame, she got a job in Myrtle Beach, and I, I was in Charleston, but when we were apart, I think I really did realize, hey, this is who <coughs> Lord wants me to be with, because I, I did generally try to become better when I was around her. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the things that that I needed to grow in, I I wasn't. Uh, I don't I don't want to say I was immature, but I was immature in a way that uh, I needed to grow in certain areas if I was going to become a, a loving husband and a father one day. And and she really uh, during that time away, I think I you know realized how much she'd helped me to those points. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's when I knew, um, hey, this is who the Lord has for me, which I would have. I would, you know, he had to be him because we wouldn't have found each other. You know, yeah. I mean, the background, the differences, and we're, we're, in a lot of ways, we're completely opposite. In a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, you know, I'm. She says she's type A. I'm a laid back. Um, I'm way outgoing. She's very reserved. There's a lot of different ways, you know, but uh, we've complimented each other, and that Lord knows what He's doing. We do. I think we've complimented each other. Uh, and our strengths and in our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Love oh, that. Yeah, absolutely. Now the Lord works that out and his sovereignty and how he does kind of help guide and direct uh, where I'm weak, she's strong, and vice versa. And I think that uh, that has been something in our marriage too. So I, I appreciate what you both have said there because that is certainly something in our marriage. Um, so almost, and speaking of God's sovereignty and where our life's journeys may have taken us. Salmas, you have a journey and you guys aren't together by accident because not only you may have come from the same town or have family relations, but you're originally from the other side of the world. So tell us a little bit about your journey from the Middle East uh, and how you got to the United States when you were a little girl and kind of that whole backstory. Correct. So I came to the United States when I was three, and it was uh, definitely a time of turmoil in my native country of Iran. Um, basically, new, there was new leadership, new government that had come in, and it was not an environment that my parents wanted 
me to grow up in. And my mother was pregnant with my brother as well. And so they decided that for the well-being of both myself and my brother, that the best thing to do would be to leave the country in order to give us a better future, in order to give us a better life and um, hope, you know, because there was no hope there where we were currently at that moment. Um, So my parents devised a plan to escape the country. So we literally, um, you know, we slept in the mountains. We um, were on boats. We, I mean, we were giving money to people that we had no idea who they were. And we were trusting them that they weren't going to pull one over on us, you know, because we're putting our faith in them that they're going to take us from one from one section to another town. And so um, that's what we did for about four or five months until we came into the United States. We came into California. We were captured and we were put in jail. Mm. So, yeah, my mom, like I said, she was pregnant with my brother. And, um, you know, here I am, a three year old. And my mother's pregnant, and then my dad was there too. So obviously they had separated us all. And it was, uh, I, you know, I don't remember it, but it's just bits and pieces that my parents tell me about it and through our journey and everything. It's it's literally a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is all God. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know God then. My parents didn't know God. They didn't know Jesus. But he was looking out for us, and he had a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for us through all that. And um, so once we were in California, my uncle, who's actually a foreign exchange student at a university in Tennessee, he had called a lawyer to try to get us asylum because it was not safe for us to go back. And that took obviously several months to get through. And um, once we got all that taken care of and we were granted asylum, we were able to come to Tennessee and you know, the rest is history. It's it's been amazing. It's been an, I would have never envisioned the life and the opportunities that have been presented to me because of a decision that my parents made. Wow. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And I'm so thankful and so blessed for this life that we live. Wow. So how did they come to know the Lord <laughs> through all that? Um, so I grew up Muslim, you know, Middle East is primarily Muslim countries there. Um, when you come to a foreign country, you know, nobody, you don't speak the language. And my mom, she's a very outgoing person. She wants to go out and meet everybody. She's extroverted. She, um, wants to go, you know, to make new friends, to meet new people. And that's what she did. Like she would get out there and she actually met somebody who invited her to church and it's started from that so she would um, go to church and she'd ask me to come and I was like no 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 because to me religion is what tore the country of Iran apart Mm -hmm. you know it was based off because of religion and I wanted nothing to do with religion Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand why my mother did as well because Mm -hmm. she was torn apart from her family and because somebody invited her to church and I saw the just the way that she had become, the way the change that had come overcome her. And one of my friends that actually went to that church too, she was like, why don't you come with us? It's great, there's a lot of kids from our class that go there. I was like, no, no, no. Eventually I agreed to it, went there. And this mindset that I had about what religion was, it was completely different because I saw something in the people there at the church and it was more of a relationship. Mm. You know, it wasn't through what I had thought Christianity was. They go to church, they they think they're goody two shoes and they think this and they act this way when they're not, but it was so much more because I saw the relationship that the people had with Jesus. Mm. And just continuing to go, um, I became a believer. So it was my junior year in high school that I found the Lord and I was like, this is it. I understand. I see what it is now. Mm, Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Coach, let's talk about your journey now. And we share a common denominator of growing up in a, in a football home. Uh, Fathers 
legacy uh, football coaching. And um, so just talk a little bit about your journey as growing up in, in that kind of environment, how that affected your love of, or at, your desire to become a coach. And then how do you incorporate your faith into your workplace? Well, obviously, how powerful was that from, uh, you know, my wife there? It's just, she's amazing testimony uh, from that. Um, yeah. Obviously, growing up in a small town and then growing up where, um, you know, my father was the head football coach. He was the head baseball coach. He was an assistant basketball coach at some point. He was an assistant middle school coach. And so I was around it all the time. My mom thought she was a coach as well. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was sports was a – you know, in our town, that's what it was about. You know, sports was what everybody revolved around. And so from an early age, that was something that, uh, you know, brought, um, I guess, us together. And that's what we, we, I don't say gelled around, but that's what we cared about was, hey, what we were going to do, what sport was involved. My sister was a college basketball player. Uh, uh, my brother and I were obviously heavily involved in all sports. And so... Uh, I was impacted tremendously. I remember going, you know, to my dad's practices at a young age and, um, you know, being around that. So it's something that I was attracted to and wanted to be a part of from a, from early as I can remember. I, I had no other dream. I mean, I wanted to play sports and all that, but I had no other dream but I wanted to be a coach. I was good or bad, but that's that was from a young age. You know, you sort of do those things. And uh, I remember my mom telling me a story, though, talking about, you know, from an impact, from an influence. I, we went to church. My, my, my grandmother, my Meemaw, that was her name, uh, or not her name, that's what we call her, Meemaw. She was, a, she was the organist for 30-plus years, you know, so we went. Um, the very similar to uh, my wife is my relationship was more about rules. You know, it was following rules. Right? You do this, don't do that, don't do that. And... And I was I was more rules based, not relationship based. Uh, but I remember I don't remember saying this, but I remember at a young age, my mom telling me I went to practice with my dad, and I came home, and I called her a a, a bad word mm. because I heard it at football practice, mm. and that has stuck with me for a long time. And so um, I don't allow our players, I don't allow our coaches to use language that would be derogatory because there is somebody that you're always influencing. Mm. And so I think I learned, you know, after learning that story and sharing that, that uh, you do as a coach have a powerful influence on people. And what you do, what you say matters. And, yeah, winning's nice, uh, but the impact that you have on them can leave a lasting impression. And I, I learned that from a young age, and and I and I saw how coaches or coaches impacted me in a good way or a bad way. And we're all, uh, I think, anybody that coaches, you coach because you were impacted probably in a positive way by somebody, mm. and you try to build yourself off of that. And I knew um, that that was important to me to impact young people. And then once I, um, I don't say once I became a believer, I became a believer at 14, but I really wasn't following until I had an experience in college uh, where I got hurt. And my, my you, you mentioned faith football, faith family football. You know, mine was football, 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 football. <laughs> there was no in between. Yeah. And it was, you know, when I got hurt and everything that I thought I wanted, you know, I tried, I tried to stand on a football, and you can do a lot of things with football, but you can't stand on it. And I tried to stand on it. Mm -hmm. And um, really after that happened, you know, I, I, I didn't question, but I, it's like, why? You know, what, what's the purpose here? And I, and I really I learned through that time that my purpose wasn't going to be to start a quarterback or an NFL quarterback. Hey, I'm going to put you in coaching, and you're going to use this, this platform that he would give me. I didn't realize what he would give me. But he, he has given me platforms along the way, and uh, I've tried to be faithful through that and remember um, the influence I do have. And I believe that's wholeheartedly why he's you know put us at. Uh, there's not many coaches that's coach that can coach. So I've been at three Christian institutions in the country. You know, coach that you know that, at this level to play. And so now, if you'd have known me at 14 through 18 or 20, you'd have probably been <laughs> no shot. <laughs> no shot, you know, but that's what God does. You know, he takes all the broken and, and the different things, and I was, and, and he 
he molds us and, and wants us to use him to glorify him, and that's what we've tried to do. Amen. What a testimony from a, a young girl in Iran, the miracle, Salma's, the testimony that you mentioned to coach growing up, you know, and, and being in a football home, completely radically different paths and journeys, but God is good, you know. And I, I hope that, that people that are listening to this understand that this, the, the awesomeness of our Lord, you know, and how he brings people together, works his own way through our own hearts and then brings people together and then does what he does. And so thank you for sharing both of your stories. How have, how have you guys kind of done this life together now, getting you know, full go into football, marriage, kids? Um, how have you both been able to, as a couple, um, continue that legacy and, and sharing your faith with Coach, not just maybe your team, but um, both of you together? Uh, what are some, some good coaching points, I guess, for football couples out there that Bliss, blisters, you know, things you've learned, things you've grown from, and how you've applied it, and, and some things that you've gone along the way. Well, it, it's been, a, um, <clears throat> you know, on the outside, it may be like, oh, this is great. It's been a hard turn, right, mm-hmm. as y'all can share. It. Coaching is so challenging uh, because of um, the things, the time that's required away from your home a lot, right? Yes. And, and she'll tell you this, probably the first year, year and a half, we probably should have been divorced, to be truthful with you, because I wasn't ready to be a husband. I wasn't ready to be that. Um, and um, I did, a, I did a, a bad job. And I think one of the things that you know, I still struggle to this day, I'm way better, but I still struggle to this day. I, I would tell everybody out there listening, you're worse. We'll get the truth, Samas. Just stand by it. We'll get the truth. No. <laughs> I would say the worst enemy you have is your phone. Yeah. You know, uh, and and there's so much good that comes from it, but especially early on in our marriage, I'd come home, and guess what? I was on the phone. I might have I might have left work, but I was still doing work, right? Yep. And I think that was the biggest challenge that I struggled with is being able to. I don't think there's no such thing as a work life balance. It's it's not it's not you can't it's it's hard to be fifty fifty, right? Right. I mean, there's a hundred hundred. It's right. got to be a hundred hundred. But um, but when you do when you do leave and you're coming home, it's got to be completely, hey, I'm a husband, I'm a father, all those things. And I still struggle with that because, yeah. as, as you know, as, as the job never ends, so to speak, in some of the things that we're doing. And I would say that's the biggest thing that um, that I've tried to improve and work on is making sure that when I am there that, I'm in, that I am involved. And I still struggle, I should tell you this, I do, that I'm involved, that I'm, that I'm invested, that I'm, even though that I'm there present, that, but my, my head, my heart, it's all there. It's not somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest challenge I, I would say that we face. We have moved a bunch and all those different things. And there's the ups and downs of the seasons, you know, and, and that comes. Uh, but I, I think the hardest part being a coach is, is you spend a lot of time raising other people's children mm-hmm. than your own. Right. You know? And um, she does a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, our family, Amen. and uh, it's one of the things that I hope I, I <clears throat> that I'm doing a good job of is is trying to be a good father, mm-hmm. you know, and being there. So Absolutely. didn't mean to get emotional. Sorry, that's no, okay. Appreciate that, coach. That's okay. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's um, just kind of piggybacking off what he said. It's really about being intentional. Mm-hmm. You have to be. I think that's one of the we've been married be 18 years this summer and the longer we're married the more i realize the importance of being intentional in everything being intentional in your marriage and your parenting you know especially with us right now being apart from each other mm-hmm. this this has been a very trying time for us mm-hmm. but he's been able to come occasionally on the weekends and it's two days it's saturday sunday but when he is here, just making the most out of our time, putting those distractions aside, you know, TV's going to be there. Your phone's going to be there, but we're not together full time right now. So when he is here, we do try to be intentional about our time together with him and the kids, because the kids, they do miss out a lot. And everybody thinks that 
this coaching life is all sunshine and roses and it's it's hard mm. you know it's People don't understand what it takes to be a coach, to be a coach's wife, and then the the effects that it puts on the kids, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. during these difficult times. Um, so just trying to make the most out of everything. And I will say communication. I'm a bad communicator. I bottle up a lot, but he has really helped me to get better at that. <laughs> he's really helped me to get better at that. And um, especially during the season, you know, he's gone quite a bit. And it took a while for me to understand when he was talking about our first couple of years of marriage, I thought being an athletic trainer, I knew what it was going to take to be a coach's wife because I've been in the world of athletics. I've seen the coaches come and go and how much time they spend away. But realizing that it takes a lot more it takes communication it takes me saying you know what it's okay for me to be on the back burner right now it doesn't mean that our marriage is not strong that we're struggling or anything but right now things are different during this season mm -hmm. you know from you know july to december mm -hmm. so a lot of communication during that time and if mm -hmm. i'm having a difficult time if i feel like hey jamie I'm struggling right now. I need you to talk to me. I need you to spend some time with me. You know, that's what it takes is communication and being intentional. Mm, yeah. That. Yep. No, I appreciate that coach. Yes. And thank you for sharing your heart. Cause okay. I, I can, I can uh, empathize with that. I think we can yeah. say, honestly, we struggle our first few years of marriage cause I was, and she knew, and just like you saw Maz, she knew exactly what she was getting into. She loves football. She understood that we had the talk, you know, the coaching talk of, are you ready? <laughs> You know, are you ready for the absent uh, absentee husband during the season? And anyway, bought in. But yeah, I did a poor job of that, Jamie. I did a poor job of letting her in that world because I, I was holding everything out on the field. And when I come home, same deal. I, it was hard for me to let go of some things um, and didn't really allow her in. I didn't talk to her about it. You know, I was talking to everybody else. And then when I came home, it was more or less... I'm tired. I, I can't deal with this. Whatever is going on, and I did a very poor job of communicating. So, like you, Jamie, I was bringing work home, but some was like you. I was bottling everything up, and I wasn't letting her in. And we didn't. And I had a I had a miserable time communicating all of that. And it was rough. It was really hard, especially when I became a head coach. We were married in '99. I didn't become a head coach until 2005. So there were a few years where I was an assistant. Uh, time was still spent as if I was head coaching because that was my passion. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but I surely didn't let her in until I had to keep learning that lesson the hard way and um, still working on it, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Every day. Better. So <laughs> I, I appreciate so much your guys' testimony. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are uh, some of the, the highlights as, we, as we've gone through, Jamie? I, I guess... The, you know, let's talk about some of those stops. You know, let's talk about some of the stops where you both together have been, um, and then taking you right up till this season, Jamie, where you have uh, gotten the head coaching job at at, uh, at Liberty. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, after after I was at East Tennessee State there, and we were you know were together. Uh, East Tennessee State dropped the program, so I, I came to Charleston Southern University as an assistant coach. And uh, that's when she followed me, right there. And uh, <laughs> she knew she knew what she had. She wasn't about to let me go. Um, and you know, we were there five years. We got married in two thousand five. So I was an assistant. Charles was a free year. We got married there in two thousand five. And those, and and so those next five, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, those seasons there. Um, being an assistant, she probably worked because she was an athletic trainer. She probably worked just as much as I did, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you know, we were we were trying to figure things out, and we were both happy with what we were doing. I, I didn't necessarily have a goal to be a head coach. To mm -hmm. be honest with you, it mm -hmm. wasn't like something that I didn't have a goal to be a college coach. So it, it sort of you know, and but we're there, and, and you you know this being a coach is. Sometimes you learn what to do with, uh, as an assistant coach. Sometimes you learn, well, most of the time you learn not what to do, right? right. And so I, th I think I was like, hey, I would do this different. I would do this different. And, 
and there was an opportunity that came at North Greenville uh, University, who was a sister school to Charleston Southern, and there were three finalists. I was one of them. Uh, the other one turned it down. The other one was one of the professor's brothers. He didn't want it either, so they gave it to me. And I had no clue about being a head coach. And that was the first time that we'd been apart. I moved in February to take that job. So she stayed down there in the summer okay. or till the summer to finish. And she was pregnant with her, her son at that time frame. Um, but we grew a lot. And I say we, myself, the challenges of trying to be a, a you know, a husband and a, and a, and a, and a father at that point, her being a mother, there was a lot of, there was a lot of challenges during that time frame there, but we had a, we had a really good church. Marietta First Baptist was a great church for us. We had some great people around us that really helped towards that. And, uh, Lord, you know, for whatever reason, uh, we took over a program there or two and eight, we were awful and we should have been probably coaches the year from winning two, if you just saw our team that year. <laughs> and, but just really, next two years turned it around you know and, and had had really good success and had an opportunity to go to another division two school in mississippi and, and looking back i'm glad we went um it it made me out of get me out of a comfort zone because i was in a christian university for the last seven plus eight plus years and so i had to go to that mm -hmm. uh but i chased it for money you know and and i'm and i and i learned from that point forward i'm never going to ever take another one for something of that nature it's got to be about values and the fit but uh so we went there and, and uh trying to turn that program you know they they'd lost a lot they had a great program we were just trying to put our culture in we were there and i think we were three and seven so it did, obviously not a good year but we we felt good about what we're doing and then charleston southern calls mm -hmm. And, and says, hey, you know, would you be interested in the head job? And I said, hey, uh, I said, I need to pray about it. And my wife, background, she goes, you can pray all you want. We're packing. So <laughs> he was ready to get back, get back down there and married. And all, you know, that's where we got married and all that stuff. And so we went back there. It's actually still had a house there. And we were uh, we, we were uh, pregnant with our daughter at that mm -hmm. time frame. Okay. And so I moved again and she had to by herself. We've had to move. Yeah. Wow. He had to move and do all that. But uh, wow. this time, fortunately, she came down earlier. She came down, and I got there in January. I think she came down Marchish. So we were only separated about a couple months there. Because our daughter, literally, our daughter was born on January 13th, and I took the job on January 14th. Oh. So I took our daughter home from, I took her daughter home. We took her home from the hospital, wow. and I left. Wow. And so, and I left uh, alone yeah. with oh my infants goodness. and a child three, a toddler that was three uh, years old. Three years old. Oh. So, wow. um, but he really, that, that time frame there, there, you know, Charleston, we, you know, obviously getting married there and, and that we love that area and being back at Charleston as a head coach, um, you know, that was just an unbelievable time. That four year window there was just an unbelievable time for us. And, uh, from growth church and all the different things that our other daughter there, 2014, our, our other daughter was born on a Thursday we left Friday to go play University of Georgia. So uh, <laughs> crazy how every time, you know, something from that standpoint, right? Um, that's a and, football family, Coach. You guys just uh, – yeah. that's just amazing. Uh, <laughs> but I think that the, the, we were there, and it was, it was great. And it was one of those where I think for her, she'd probably want to stay there the rest of her life. Mm. I mean, honestly, because we were comfortable. It was a good place, you know, and, and we enjoy what we're doing. Um, as a coach, you know, you take a program to a certain point, hey, can you do it? Can you take another step, right? Mm -hmm. And we got to that point where there was just going back and forth and, and then uh, trying to figure it out. And so I, I stepped back from a head job and went to an assistant at Coastal Carolina. And we made the choice. We did it. You know, either, we, either, either when we move, it's, uh, we're having a baby or <laughs> – we get a new house and we move. So we, we literally moved into the house December 9th. I took the job January 10th and left. Wow. And we made the choice. That was about a two-hour drive. We made the choice to where they were going to stay there by themselves. And um, I was going to go up. And uh, and so that year and a half, and she'll tell you, that was probably the, for me personally, was probably the, the worst year of half of my life. Okay. Being a, not necessarily being an assistant, but just going through some things and different stuff that we struggle with there. From our relationship wise, probably the best communication we've ever had because we had to. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, on the phone. 
Now I could drive back and forth and see them, but probably that we probably got closer over that year and a half mm. or year, whatever it was, than we did in a lot of ways because because it forced us to be better communicators and yeah. really share things that we were going through. And then I became the head coach. They moved up there, and and, and uh, you know over the last the four years that we were there, you know the three years, the last three years were just tremendous on the field and found a community, found a her home didn't want to leave, right? So, so Salma's you she would never want to leave. When did Salma's? When did you move with the kids? Then, when you got that Coastal Carolina gig, how far into that did you guys actually move out together? So, whenever he got the head job, two, just what year? Two years. Your second. Two years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's when we moved. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, and then so found this, you know, found this great. She didn't want to leave Charleston. Finally, got she does a. She comes up, and then you know the, the the four years there was tremendous, and she didn't want to leave again, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but from a from a follower of Jesus, what better place to raise your family? What better place to have an impact on young people? That you know, in, in, in my opinion, the most prestigious Christian university in our country at Liberty. And, mm. 2016, we played here. I was at Charleston as a head coach. And I said, "How awesome would that be one day to be the head coach at this university?" You know, and that you just you say it right. And how long ago was that, coach? Did you think about that? Seven, seven years. Seven years seven ago. Years. Wow. Seven, seven years. Huh? Wow. How many times did he go around the? How many times did he go on the walls? Seven. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. And uh, <clears throat> and wow. and to have the opportunity to come back, we were comfortable. Uh, and at, at where we were at, enjoyed it, uh, and then obviously this was just something that that I know the Lord opened up for a big purpose. And every move we've made has been: Do we really want to do this? Is it going to work out? And He has blessed it every time and made it more than we could even imagine. And so uh, we're 100 percent convinced that this is going to be an unbelievable uh, opportunity and journey here. And I really uh, thankful for knowing that kids can be in a great environment as you know how challenging it is to raise children in, in an environment and having them in this Christian environment that's uh, that uh, that you know that I really I think our from ourself the, the Christian schools that we've been at those that time frame we were at Charleston Southern a total of nine years and North Greenville three those 12 years there from a personal growth standpoint from a family growth all those things were, were huge and that was something that I craved to get back to and get my family back a part of it's like the Lord was just building you up for this job, took you through that journey of those two schools to get you ready for liberty. You know, and, and you do, you look back and you don't think that obviously during the time at all. You're just like, you yeah. know, I mean, if, if, if the North Greenville job doesn't work out, I mean, if, if I don't say, Hey, I'm going to try to get, who knows how this whole purpose would look bad. I'm sure it'd have been fine too. And, but you do, you look back and go, man, he was just, he just had that pathway going and, and you know what we do? We try to get off of it, right? We try to take the detour. We try to take this. We try to take that. And he says, hey, if you'll just trust and follow, I've got something so much more than you can even imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we try to screw it up, and I have a bunch. <laughs> but to bring, to, bring it, to bring it back you know, here and part of that journey, and, and we've had unbelievable players along the way, but uh, we have, uh, and, and again, we've not been perfect, but we've had always tried to make it about him and make it about people, and it's never been about us and I, I do think that's why he's he's blessed our our, our journey so far. Awesome. Wow, wow. I just really quick, Salmaz, I'd love to hear just how you they can't hear me. I just oh. would love to hear her. We can hear you when you're back off the microphone. Oh really? Oh. Okay. I guess that's yeah. like I need a backup. <laughs> the Lord's yeah. me to back up. Back it up. The Holy me. Spirit is moving. <laughs> it's affecting technology now. When she speaks it's like electricity oh. in the air. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. All right. Just as you know, Jamie was sharing his heart about that journey to um, Liberty. Can you kind of just chime in a little bit? I'd love to hear what your thoughts were just in that seven year period, kind of just going off of what he shared. Yeah. So um, obviously my parents had just moved to South Carolina to a few years ago and throughout our marriage, you don't realize, well, having your parents close is such a blessing, you know, and people take advantage of that. 
So I was happy. I was in my comfort zone because I had my parents there with me. Um, I love the city of Charleston and I love Myrtle Beach. My parents are only two hours away now. So when he had got this job offer, that's what, you know, you kind of goes through your mind, leaving my parents. Um, I love it here. It's down by the beach. I mean, why would you not love it, you know? Um, But the more I took my heart out of it and thought more logically, I thought to myself, you know, just like Jamie said, every move that we have made, it's always worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a greater purpose and and that's something that our son is struggling with right now. He, because he's in middle school, he's 13 years old, you know, he's kind of struggling with this move. But I try to reassure him and I tell him the same things that I tell myself is if we would have never moved here, you would have never met the people that you now know. And I think of that with every move. I have some of my greatest friends like that are from Mississippi. During that year we lived there or in Charleston, in Greenville. And the same thing here, it's just having faith and believing that God is going to work it out. We might not see it now, we might not understand it now, but God will show his purpose and his plan. And I know that the girls, myself, and then Jameson ultimately too, it'll be something far better than we could have ever imagined mm-hmm. just to see his purpose play out yes. in this whole thing. Yeah, we have um, we have junior higher, so we have triplets. We have 13-year-old triplets. We have two girls and a boy. And so when we moved up here, because we just moved up here in June, um, it, was, it was hard for them too. And yeah. so there's still like the... We have one that's pretty good. She's like, I love it up here. The other two love it because they know, like we've had the conversations too. It's like, okay, this is what God has for us, but it's hard. And it's it's just a hard age and it's a st- different stage of life. And so, you know, just instilling that faith in them and knowing that God has brought us here for a purpose um, is so much greater than the uncomfortability sometimes. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And and how old are, how old are your kids now? So our son is thirteen, and then our daughters are ten and eight. Okay. Oh wow. Good deal. Yeah. Fun ages. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, victories, coach. We we have you know we've been coaching long enough. You go through uh, you know the terrible losses, but you also go through some pretty outstanding victories. Um, one in particular uh, that I'd love to hear about, when you were at Coastal Carolina, you had a, a big, uh, I don't want to call it a benchmark, but maybe you could speak more to that that win over BYU uh, when you were there. Yeah, that's one, that's one of those that uh, I think I get asked more about than anything. If people know, recognize, not that anybody does, but if they did, oh, you know, because I, I think everybody that that remembers that knew it came together within two days. You know, we're, we're supposed to, ironically, we were supposed to be playing Liberty that week. Mm-hmm. And they get COVID, or supposedly their quarterback did. They didn't want to play because they didn't want to play without him. And so ESPN, ESPN had already picked that game for game day. And they said, listen, you're playing somebody or you're losing game day. And so Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're practicing for Liberty. I get a call Wednesday night, hey, this probably not happened for looking good. Um, Thursday, probably going to have a new opponent. Maybe BYU will let you know. The call is Thursday morning, hey, you're playing BYU. <laughs> you know, two, 20, 48 hours away or whatever. And um, and so you're just, you know, you, you, your coaches are trying to get ready. You're trying to get ready, trying to get, get all that stuff done, game base coming. Uh, but the way – it everybody was enamored by just playing a game within two days, right? Yes. How you gonna do it? Then the game ended up being a great game. Yes. You know, I mean it was it twenty two seventeen they had the they had the top two pick or top three pick and they were undefeated and, and we were we were the upstart, you know, everybody's uh we were the darlings, you know, because we nobody knew much about us when we were winning and and so a lot of people tuned into that and for the game to sort of live up to the billing, they I mean you know, we play them nine out of ten times. They probably beat us handily, truthfully. I mean, from a talent standpoint. But our 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 players bought into that opportunity and knew they were probably we were we were in a literally in a dream. You don't yeah. the way the 2020 season went. I mean, it, it was 
I don't have to be at a Christian school to tell you. That was a God thing. It was all a bunch of God instances, you know, I mean, yes. just for it to happen. You know, yes. there's no coincidence. God was involved with all that. And for, for, for our players to have that showcase and have that platform and then to be able to perform on that at that at that at that opportunity and have the game come down the way it did. You couldn't draw it up. I mean it's a it's a Disney movie, right? Or Disney movie before they came woke. Sorry if you yeah. have any people yeah. listening. <laughs> um, and um, um, but that was tremendous. And that's one that you'll I remember the pull I remember where I was standing. I remember I remember that whole day. What was so whole surreal about it is we're still the game's at five thirty. And so we're still really finishing game plan on Saturday. Okay. And as you know, this if you you know if you're if you're doing anything on Saturday, you've got game day, right? right. You're doing it with his uncle. So we're in there trying to finish up, go do some stuff, and we we're on, we're looking at TV and we're game day. And we go, hey, it's just right outside. And so we all stop, and we go on the balcony, and we're watching college game day live from our <laughs> campus. You know, I mean, it's just just one of those that. You just look back on it and go, just what a surreal experience, and and um, to have that on campus, and to, just to know that they were there, and that your players got to experience that at that level, that doesn't happen, right? And they got to experience that, um, and then to win the game, just a just a tremendous tremendous credit to the players. But one that uh, you, as you said, you remember a lot of the losses, you know, the yeah. wins. Sort of okay, that's one that you always look back on and go, what a just because of the magnitude of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we talk about the sovereignty of the Lord. Uh, boy, that, that it's such a interesting dynamic with the way it went down. 48 hours to prep. You just don't do that in, in Division One college football. You just, no. you don't, you don't do that. So it's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's so a great story. did you even get some sleep, Coach? <laughs> From the time you heard you were playing BYU to the, you probably slept good on Saturday night. You know what? What you do, truthfully, is what it really made you do is, hey, listen, we're going to try to – they do this. We're just going to do what we do. Yeah. And, like, not try to – oh, we got to try to make up five days of preparation in 48 hours. And it was more so, all right, what do we do well? How are they going to try to line up? And then we just tried to do what we did well, you know. And, yeah. and, um, and I really think it made us – if we if we tried to play that game sort of how we tried to play, they'd probably beat us. But we we say, hey, we got to keep the ball away from that guy. So we we kept the ball like from an offense. We kept the ball like forty two minutes, you know. And so we were just trying. It's just you just hey, let's just get as simple as we can. And if they beat us doing this, so be it. Nobody expected much of it. And so um, we tried to really just embrace the shortness of it. Let's don't make it any bigger. But hey, yeah. we got our chance, and and yeah. it worked out. It worked out. Salmas, where were you? <laughs> where where were you in that that day? I pace. I pace a lot, especially with these close games, which there have been many of them in the past few years. So all this gray hair that you see, <laughs> it's not from my kids. It's from him. It's from coaching. It's from football. But I usually just pace in the stands. But I remember that game. I was down in um, the the tunnel and you could kind of watch the game from there. There's a lot of security. There's a lot more security this game than there were, was in the games past. And I mean, it, it literally came down to the last few seconds of the game. And I was just standing there like shaking and nervous and trying to slow down my breathing. And one of the security guards actually came up to me and she goes, ma'am, do I need to get you a medic? I said, oh, no, I'm fine. My husband's the head coach, so this is normal. This is typical. And she's like, okay, I was really worried about you. But I remember just after we made that stop, I ran onto the field, and I was just overwhelmed. I was so excited. I embraced him, and, I mean, I just started crying because it was just the stage and just experiencing all of that from game day to playing BYU, which was a big team, a big game for us. And yes. I was just so happy for him. I was so happy for the players. And just during that COVID year where we had so much of the world had went through a lot yeah. during that time yeah. and just having this victory on top of it, the joy that it brought a lot of people and making it such a good game. It was it was unbelievable. That's awesome. <laughs> and, I, and I know the world saw that during, it. Go ahead. That's during COVID too. There's only about five thousand yeah. fans yeah. there. It's exactly where I was going. It's it's amazing. The world saw it on TV, but yeah. there was 
not that many people in the stands to witness it live, to feel that energy, to feel all the things that were going on. Um, and, it, and it seemed, honestly, it seemed like it was 50,000. I mean, it was loud. And I'm like, where is all this, where is all this noise coming? I mean, it was loud. It, I mean, it, it, felt, it felt like a huge game. Even though I know there wasn't that, supposedly there was 5,000. I bet there was more, but supposedly... Um, but it was it, you could feel the energy. There was just a, it was just the, the juice of that day. It was uh, yeah. it's one of those that you know you don't sometimes you don't get obviously as you know that. But it was it was it was pretty awesome. What did you? What were some of the feedback from the players after you guys kind of decompressed, got back in the locker room, had your meeting? What were some of the things your guys were saying after the game? You know, I, the main thing leading up to that in that two days is is. We showed we showed a video on Friday or Saturday. We showed a bit. It was all about no shot. You got no shot. You got no shot. They're bad, you know. And and I think our, our players they realize they if you believe enough in each other and your and your purpose that you can do amazing things. And I think it was more of a, a just hey, we can, we are good. Like there was a question mark. Oh, you're this nice little team. You're winning because of COVID. You're winning. And I think that. They like you know what? No, we are good enough, and, uh, and you could just really the confidence of that group, um, that group that we had there, it was through the roof. That, that group there was twenty-two and three over the last over two years. Those three losses were by eight points. That's how close wow. those close games were. Yeah, and they won a conference championship, won the first, and they but just their belief in each other and something bigger. Like I think when they're in that locker room, just the joy of it. Uh, emotional tears. I think it was that they lived something that you only get to see on TV. They got to live it. Yes, sir. And I, I think there was an appreciation. Absolutely. Know. And I, I can't imagine that some of those boys later on in life are going to use that game and use that moment in their life. Uh, and that's going to be something that resonates with them for the rest of their time. And that's yeah. that's awesome, man. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, guys, we're, we're going to bring this to a close. Again, we're, we're so thankful for yeah. you guys to come on. And, and uh, just, Coach, just real quick, before we let you guys go, uh, you're, you're in your office. It's, you know, it's February 22nd. Uh, your phone's probably blowing up, uh, the recruiting trail, all that. What is, what is going on with you right now this week? What is your, what's your agenda? We started actually our, our uh, we call it the Flames Quarter Program, morning runs, whatever, and we're and we're doing that and really uh, just finding how our team responds to adversity this week. You know, I mean, and, and our, our whole job when we got here was to try to connect, you know, and connect with our players and, and and get them to understand that we're here for them and not what they do on the field for us, but him for them as people and, and trying to help them become the best version of themselves. and. And so this part is a lot of development for our team, but it's really just developing the, the cohesiveness that we need to have if you're going to have a productive and consistent football program. And so we were through two of those. We just had a devotion with them and, uh, today, and then tomorrow uh, tomorrow we're right back at it. So this is uh, yeah. these next two weeks are really big in our development. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, prayers, prayers for you both yeah. uh coach just prayers that not just this week goes well obviously but you're here and mm -hmm. that uh god would completely bless you and your leadership uh salma's prayers for you as you hold down the fort and um and uh yeah looking forward to that day and so we're we're anxious to catch up with you guys kind of down the road salma's when you kind of get settled and get down there and get back and and how you guys are doing but we're definitely going to be following uh liberty flames uh 2023. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet both of you, Basoma's in particular, because I've been following you for some time. So it's just great to finally meet you, see you. Well, not yeah. in person, but see your face. <laughs> Y'all sure. have to bring the kids up to the game at some point. I know you're busy, but bring them up. Oh, Absolutely. No, yeah. thank you, Coach. Yeah. Absolutely. It might be a college. It might be a college they end up wanting to go to. It's a, obviously a great place here. You bet. Absolutely. You bet. We're going to be looking strong in the Liberty uh, in about five and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Give us some time, though. Yeah. <laughs> We've got three at once. <laughs> we might just kind of move in. We'll get the kids over there. We'll just we'll go settle in in Virginia. Uh -huh. We'll be good. <laughs> More the merrier. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Friday Night Live podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you heard and would like to listen to more, please subscribe to our podcast 
and help broaden our audience, which will help our ministry reach more people. Also, go check out our website at www.thefridaynightlife.com to see more content about our wonderful guests. And we have a spirit pack shop. Get your Friday Night Life merch. And social media platforms? Yep, we got them. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching The Friday Night Life and Twitter, The FNL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and keep on living that Friday night life.